Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Well, let's start by just pointing out, ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thought you were going to stand me up then. <laughs> a man of my words. <laughs> Genuinely thought you were going to stand me up. Um, so, um, slightly more upbeat than we were last week. Um, well, I don't know about, about the ending. Uh, oh, we'll get the results to the poll as well. I forgot about that. But anyway, we're joined by a full roster today. Um, so, Dave, hello. What is this carnage? Oh, geez. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, Gref. Good evening, Andy. Good evening, everyone um, who, if you do listen for the whole lot, good luck. I think it's going to be a car crash episode, but uh, it'll be entertaining nonetheless. Have faith, Dave. Have faith. Always have the faith, yes. Always have the faith. Andy, how are we today, mate? No, it's about Joe. Thank you. Uh, hello, hello, Joe. Hello, Dave. Hello, Greg. Hello, everyone listening. Hello. See, I like the fact that Andy goes a little bit more, more like all round. Dave, Dave just specifically says hello to people listening in the evening. What about those that are like listening on the way into work in the morning, Dave? You didn't say morning to them, did you? Well, that's their loss. <laughs> Quite literally. And uh, Greg, last but not least, how are we doing today? I'm good, thanks. You all right? I'm all right, mate. See, I, I, do you know what? I, what I love? Gref always asks me how I am. It's really nice. Well, me and Andy don't care. Uh, well, exactly. That's that's why Gref's my favourite. I care, Joe. I care. <laughs> exactly, Aww. I know. Me and Gref have got a special bond. Um, anyway, moving swiftly on before this gets any more uh, romantic. Um, so we'll move on to the games that have just gone. Yes, you guessed it. Our predictions were horrific at best. Uh, Andy led the group um, with three. <laughs> Gref came second in the group with two, and um, Dave and I uh, trailed. Uh, just I don't I can't even think of a word that really sums up how well we did this week. Uh, our, one, our, predi- our predictions were strong and stable. Well, yeah, out of six predictions, we uh, me and Dave got one. So to be fair, Andy running at fifty percent. Oh, well, t- I think Andy, I think you take that. Yeah, we go a little dance. If everybody that can't see, um, which is everyone other than us, that's <laughs> um, So moving on, moving on. Um, obviously, a few results went a complete different way to how we expected over the weekend. Uh, so I'll start with the Challenge Cup. So Saturday we had Flyers versus Clan, um, which ended three-two Clan. Uh, which actually split the group, to be fair, so that wasn't too bad. Uh, Sunday in the Challenge Cup, we had Dundee 5. It was 2-0 to 5, and all of us said Dundee, so that was not quite such a happy moment. Um, and then we move on to the league. So Saturday, we had Guildford 1, Nottingham 3, which split the group. Uh, me and Andy coming out with the points on that one. That was my only correct prediction of the weekend and that started off badly because Guildford started 1-0 uh, Manchester shocked the entire group including Greff uh, they won 3-1 against Dundee Steelers threw away a two goal lead to lose 6-4 to Coventry at home and then the only league game on a Sunday was Coventry against Steelers in Coventry and that was 4-1 to the Steelers um, so a few more fixtures than the last time that we spoke uh, I'm not going to go around with a summary with everybody, guys, but just uh, everybody pick out a highlight from the weekend. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll jump in then. I'm going to say DeLuca's goal on the Saturday night against Coventry. Um, best described as strange, but a very nice piece of skill from DeLuca. Uh, nice stretch pass. Um, 
and, and gave the Steelers a, a lead at the time, which they didn't hold on to, sadly. But that was one of my highlights of uh, this weekend just gone. See, my highlight, it actually wasn't an actual part of the game. It was, well, it was part of no, the end. dare say Fawcett's like man of the match celebration, you jerk. Oh, it was. I think it reminded me of the Carolina Hurricanes, so I'm going with that. Jerk. Jerk. <laughs> Hashtag dress the jerk. Yeah, we're going to start it off. Get a t-shirt. New season, <laughs> new era, new hashtag. Dress a jerk. <laughs> no playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what was your highlight, mate? Mine was uh, Adam Morrison shutting out the stars in Dundee. Uh, not a very play, not a very you know good place to play for an away team, but still got the points. Had 42 save shutout and three fantastic saves as well. Fair play. I like the fact that you backtracked on about to say not a pleasant place to play. <laughs> backtracked to not a good place to play. Um, mine, I, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home this time round. I'm gonna go for a Steelers one. But um, mine was Aaron Johnson making the block with the open cage. Uh, if you watch the highlights in the Coventry Steelers game on the Sunday. Duba um, thinks that he's got a clear path to the player to play out towards the blue line, passes it straight to a Coventry player who winds up for the open net, and Johnson throws his body in the way. Complete sacrificial move, completely selfless. Uh, it actually comes off Johnson, gets passed up towards Dowdy, and Dowdy scores. So not only was it a good block, but then resulted in a goal as well. Always nice plays. Always nice plays. Just one other thing to point out as well, Dave. Yours was the number one play in the EIHL top five plays this week. Was it? it? I've not checked that. Legitimate, I've not checked it. So, uh, fair play. Yeah, it was, it was. It was number one. I heard a few people suggest that others should have been. Um, like the, 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 the Nottingham one, I can't remember who it was, but they basically went... I, I don't want to say coast to coast. They were probably about halfway line or cut in and shot. But for me, it was quite poor defending and quite poor netminding for that. Uh, and the other one I heard that was people were saying was better was blood off shot um, for the, the only goal for Coventry on the Sunday, which has to be said was an absolute cannon. But he didn't go from the halfway line, cut in, slot it under the goalie's arm, and just absolutely well. Like, well, that, that's one of the goals of the season already for me. Just, just like you're going to struggle to beat that. The attempt at blood off being the heart, the play of the weekend, just get it in the bin. Let's just start straight away now. Nice goal, but no. Nice um, goal. What, what I'm liking to see um, is they're going to have they're going to have the plays of the week, but they're also going to have saves of the week. Uh, with the news that the league are being, have now got USA Sport, but they're sponsoring the saves of the week, so maybe something for us to uh, uh, talk about in future episodes. Yeah, I, I think they need to rename plays of the week as well. To be fair, cause it's more goals of the week. I haven't actually seen a play that isn't a goal. Like. You know, there, there probably were a few from what I've seen on highlights and from what we saw in the two Steelers games over the weekend. I probably said there were a few plays that could have made it on there. Well, the um, first Johnson but, one was a great yeah, play. Yeah, I was going to say. That led to a goal, but the play of Johnson's was kind of the one that wouldn't get the recognition because he didn't get a goal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, we'll move on from domestic for the time being. We're going to give Dave his moment of glory early on. Um, I'm hoping he's written everything down that he needs to write down now. But we have the three golden letters that Dave absolutely craves every time we click record on on Skype, uh, which is, of course, C. Three Taco Bell. I said I said letters, not words. 
And, and also, I think free Taco Bell might be golden three words for all four of us to hear. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to share the free Taco Bell love with everybody. Thank you. Um, but the three letters C H L, that's mine. Guys, bugger off, get your own. Um, so I hope you're all sitting comfortably because we've got to have C H L or Taco Bell. Um, both. Um, <laughs> so we're now at the stage the C H L is at the break where the next two games will be in October. And the group stages are, apart from one, very tight. So let's go um, Group A, um, and Joe's one of favourite teams, Klagenfurt, uh, on top of the table, alongside BLBN, with nine points. Another one of his favourite teams, Tapara, on six points. Um, Frisk Asker have got no points, so they're surprisingly out of the competition. Um, no no We're going all Eurovision on it. I'd uh, like to say BLBN are also one of my favourite teams in the CHL now, just for the fact that they have Luca Kunti playing for them. Oh yeah, and he scored against, uh, scored against Frisk Asker. He scored against Frisk Asker as well. So the fixtures in October are interesting in respect of Klagenfurt and BLBN play each other, and Tapara and Frisk. So in respect of yeah, I don't think you can call that one. I think that's going to be uh, go down to the wire on the Klagenfurt thing. all the way. I, I, if I'm honest, I, I, my money's probably on Klagenfurt and Tapara. I think BLBM may miss out, um, but we'll see. So um, Group B's already decided. Pilsen and Zug are going through to the knockout round, so congratulations to them. And then we'll go on to Group C, the first of British interest with the Belfast Giants. Lulia and Osberger uh, are eight points. Uh, after Osberger won, I think, their first game regulation against the Giants. Um, the bits I saw was, looked a cracking game with an amazing atmosphere. Um, so well done, the DL teams, to actually bring atmosphere to the CHL. Other big nations, please take note. Um, you had to feel for Belfast in that game as well, because we they were training 1-0, weren't they? And they brought it back, and within about 30 seconds, they were back down again, yeah. weren't they? Daft. Yeah, it were. Um, but I'll tell you what I did like, and I'll bring Griffiths that one. Uh, Osberger's goal music is very old-school Manchester Storm. Sweet Caroline. Uh, no, the uh, the old, original um, Manchester Storm goal. Very original. I was like, wow, this is taking me back to the 90s. So, um, Lulia and Osberger on eight points, and Liberec and Belfast on four. The fixtures are Lulia and Belfast, and Osberger and Liberec. Um, Belfast need four points. Against the top SHL team. Against one of the top SHL teams. <laughs> it's not going to be easy. Um, but, you know, they, 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 if they could get a win at home and then get something somehow um, in Lulia, who knows? I've watched a lot of Rocky movies and, uh, and it's always like the momentous task at the end, isn't it? So what they need is a montage. They do, that's, yeah. I figure that's what they need. They need a Belfast montage building up to Lulia. Montage and get Simon Kitchen do the voiceover because I'm sure that excitement will just get everyone on edge, which I'm endorsing, not criticising, um, because I have no issue with his commentary and his method and style. So we'll move on to Group D. Uh, Lausanne are on eight points, top the group. Trinek are on six points. Lucky Pelicans and Yunus Minsk are on five points. That's a very tight group again. Fixtures this time don't go in the favour of Pelicans and Minsk. So Trinek and Lausanne. Uh, go against each other when Pelican and Minsk are the other group games so that's kind of um, be interesting again and along with Group F another one of Joe's favourite teams Karabat on top of the group with nine points Skereftia on seven Burn on five points and Grenoble on three points they're still not out of the, the, the reckoning I can't see them doing anything but they, you can't they, if they come in away at Skereftia then who knows the group the, the games are Burn and Grenoble and Karabat and Skereftia so 
you know, all to play for. It's all to play for, absolutely. Uh, group There's F. a nice um, penalty shot win for Carapat as well against. Oh, against uh, Bird, yes. Yeah. Nice penalties. Uh, if if you haven't seen it, uh, everyone listening, go onto the Champions League website. Go for the highlights. We we caught it live waiting for the Steelers commentary game, and there were some really nice penalty shots taken. Um, we'll also, pointing this out, but like if you've not clocked, you can actually watch any of the CHL games for free on through the CHL website. Like you go on the Champions Hockey website, you can you can get the live stream of each you game. A, you either go on their website or you go via the YouTube channel. Yeah. So long as it's not geo-blocked. So like Belfast and Cardiff games for the UK would be geo-blocked. You can watch every other game. And more often than not, you're going to get commentary, um, including the voice uh, known to old standing um, British fans, Bob Ballard, does a lot of commentary for, for the CHL. Uh, used to do the Wimbledon weekends and whatnot. Um, so moving to Group F, uh, we have the third team that's qualified already is uh, Aldermanaheim on 11 points. Uh, Dugan in Stockholm on nine, uh, Vienna on three, and Tichy on one. I think it's fair to say uh, Stockholm will be joining Mannheim, but you never know. Fixes Tichy in Vienna, Mannheim, Stockholm. Uh, Vienna. Sorry. <sighs> I'm going to resist the lie that I've said like four times on this podcast so far. <laughs> uh, then we'll move on to Group J. And it's a, a, bit, a bit more tighter. Um, Red Bull Munich are on top with nine points. Uh, Fargi starred on eight. Ambi Piata on four. And Banska Biestra on three points. Um, tall order for Banska to get through. Not as tall in order for Ambi, but I think they, they've still got a shout. Ambi play Banska. And Munich play Fargistad in the last group stage. And then we go to the last group and the last uh, involvement of the British teams. And something I didn't think I would say with a group including Frölunda. Cardiff Devils are on top of the group after four games. An amazing result against Graz away, 5-2 victory, um, has put them on there. Uh, Frölunda finally started winning some games. They're now on seven points. Mountfield on six and Graz are on three. So it's, it's in Cardiff's hands to make the knockout stage. The problem is their next two games are against the powerhouse of European hockey for London. Um, but in their, in kind of a warped way, the away game's first. So if they could get something out of that, take them to the Viola Arena, you never know. Uh, Swedish teams don't have a, ha- a good habit of travelling down there and getting much out there. Um, but, you know, Mountfield, you know, the result goes... Either way, that could throw it all to Cardiff and uh, Frölunda. Well, that's that's the other thing for me as well. If 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 Mountfield lose that first game, um, like then Frölunda only need to win one to guarantee qualification. So if 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 Mountfield lose that first game, Frölunda win their game in Frölunda, then. They may travel to Cardiff with a perspective of we don't actually need anything from this. Let's let's not go all out. Let's not, you know, go full pelt. Let's let's not risk the injuries and just take a step back. And if that's the case, then Cardiff are well within a chance. But the irony is, and the double-edged sword with it for Cardiff is the fact that they're top of the group is actually one of the things that could work against them because the reason they're top of the group now is because Mountfield won the game against Frölunda, and Mountfield winning that game against Frölunda could easily mean that Mountfield have a better chance of moving above Cardiff when it comes to the standings. So it's actually quite an ironic kind of situation to be in at the moment. It is, um, and I think it, it, 
uh, that group amongst the rest just demonstrate, apart from the one with Pills and Azugin, it demonstrates just how close the group stage has been so far in the CHL this year. Now, I know uh, it's said that a number of the countries, like the Czech, the Swedes, use this part of the the campaign as as like an extended pre-season. But if you do that and you you get yourself uh, burnt in the long run, you end up having to play it all in October, where you're in your mix of the uh, the fixtures of your own country and the build-up starts from there. So... I think October is going to be exciting. Um, one person who's not going to be involved in his team's game is the coach of um, Munich. <laughs> now, I will say the following. If you are not offended, go and search. If you are offended, mute it. You can get the gist of the video. He's got a two-game suspension from the bench for uh, having a bit of a meltdown to the referee. Um, it's... It's hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 hilarious. There's only a few clipboards were thrown. Clipboards thrown. Only three different words were said in combination uh, to referee. Um, what was the third? Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't say the rest. We, we've we've done well in 42 episodes not to have uh, any swearing on the uh, the show, so we'll, we'll go for that. But yeah, I've I've a, a certain quote. Well, yeah, but it's it's hilarious. It's it's a funny breakdown. It's uh, it reminds me of Blaisdell um, and Dave Whistle when they used to melt and just absolutely toys out the pram. And it, well, what, the clipboard abuse kind of reminded me of Finity because Finity liked to throw yeah. the clipboard around a bit. But it's also a great thing of why the coaches have mic'd up. I think <laughs> it's more. It reminds me back of when um, of Paul Thompson. Uh, when 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 we when he made the spontaneous decision to pull the goalie, shall we say, and uh, it zoomed in on him on the bench with full audio. Um, well, shall, shall we say, just using some colourful language to explain how <laughs> improper decision it was to pull the goalie. <laughs> I just I just think it's quality. Was that, that the HV seventy? Was, like, was that the HV seventy? Yeah, it was live on it was live on Free Sports, and literally like he he, he, he just said. Uh, essentially, in, in a different word, using a different word, but he basically said, "Screw it, I'm going to pull the goalie." Yeah, we was, <laughs> was like, we was we was watching that game on a, on a web. Um, yeah, Internet Cafe Munich. wonderful German beer. It was wonderful, apart from the result. But actually, it was a great yeah, game. You tend to get that in Germany. Well, sometimes you get poor beer. Anywhere you go, you get you can get poor beer. We were lucky in Munich; we didn't get any. To be fair, I wasn't kind of. I was more focusing on the German beer than the, the wonderful. But yeah, that's. I'll, that's twist, by, I'll twist it however we need to, mate. That's by the by. Um, that's, that's but yeah, the CHL is going to be a, a great ending to the group stage. Before we move on from the CHL, I have one last thing to ask. Obviously, Cardiff, uh, as Dave's already alluded to, Cardiff, uh, fantastic win in Graz. Um, their players went to celebrate with. I know it's five two. Don't worry. Their players. <laughs> went, no, I was just trying to remember what I was trying to say. Their players went to go and celebrate with the fans in the in the stands after the game, I believe. And then yeah. they got a big picture together as a big group, and it it kind of split opinions, if memory serves me right. Some people were saying, "Yeah, fair play. You know, they've earned this. It's good to see them celebrate with the fans." And other people have said, no, that's over the top. What are you doing? My opinion is very much a case of you've you've just got a 5-2 win away in the CHL and you're now top of your group. Like, Why would you not 
want to go and celebrate with the number of fans that you've taken out there as well. Like, why not go and celebrate with them and get a picture? What's over the top about that? I really don't get it. I just wanted to see what you guys thought. I, it's, I kind of I was myself a broil, but if you get your first away win in the CHL in the history of your club, why is it wrong for you to thank the people that have forked out a lot of money in going from the Czech Republic to the game in Mountfield? And bear in mind, a lot of them, or the vast majority, stayed in Prague and got buses to Mountfield and back, which was the only way to do it, and then got the transport over to Austria. It's not a cheap do. You know, you know it's the least, the least a team can do. And I think other teams should do it. I know Belfast went into the... I only know because I've seen photos. They went into the clubhouse in Osberger and had photos with the Belfast fans that were around there. You, are you telling me that's that's a bad thing? I mean, people said, oh, it's the, the good officers that want to send the cup. Yeah, we can say something on social media just to wind people up. Just to Which we will to, come to later we'll on. We'll come to later on. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion, you know, they've... They're thanking the fans. They get, you know, it's one of the probably one of the best results ever. It potentially could be a result that really, you know, if they met the knockout stage, that result is historical. Never mind just because it's their first ever way win in the, in the competition. So I, I have no issue with it. I have no issue either. I mean, it's not as if they just travel to like Manchester or Sheffield to play a game. You've yeah, Manchester just gone. get out points, don't they? Well, Aston Dave. I really shouldn't have said that before this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like they've gone over to a different country outside of the UK. Of course, they're going to actually celebrate with their fans with a big victory. Sometimes it was. You get it with like Team GB doing it. I'm sure your guys probably did it as well when you were playing in the CHL. Sure, Brea did maybe. No, we didn't do too well when we played away in the CHL. <laughs> God remembers that game in Salzburg. I, 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 I don't remember if the team came out and celebrated in after Salzburg. Um, we was in a rush to get back to the hotel, shall we say. Um, or or bought uh, O'Malley's. O'Malley's, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Andy, what do you think? I don't understand why people have got a problem with it. I mean, I'd expect any team, no matter whether they're playing in the CHL, in any away game, they'd make a big win like that. I'd say, why Why not? Just do it. Because, like they said, you know, these people, the fans have paid so many, so much of their money to get over there to support them. And it's the CHL, for a lot of clubs, can be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's never know if they're going to be able to be able to get back in it again so for some it could be once uh, for some it, it, it could be more more than once but you just got to live for the moment and celebrate it as it is that attitude is sponsored by Nike just do it <laughs> disclaimer we're not actually sponsored by Nike um, <laughs> more like Shia LaBeouf <laughs> yeah but Andy's spot on Andy's, Andy's, Andy's yeah. hit the nail on the head there mate yeah, absolutely bang on for me. And I think to all those people who don't understand it, who said it was over the top and don't understand it, I'm pretty sure the Cardiff fans and the Cardiff players that were involved in it would like to quote the Munich head coach. Um, that's, all, <laughs> that's all I can say. Um, <laughs> um, moving anyway on from that swiftly. Um, 
One last thing I'll add with the CHL before we move on is it is an apology to the Belfast fans and team. Uh, we appear to have given the team a bit of a kiss to death. Um, I said, I, I thought, well, I think a couple of us said that we thought if anybody had a chance of moving forward, it would have been Belfast. Belfast then went into the weekend and lost both games. So <laughs> we apologise if we have tempted fate for the Belfast Giants. Um, personally, I can't see either team going forward now. Um, I don't think Cardiff are going to get their points from for under. Uh, and I can't see Belfast getting four points against, um, what are they called? Lullian. Yeah. It would, so. appear that, it would appear that our predictions for Belfast was off the hook. So, sorry guys. Really? Dave getting in with the puns this week. Now we've just got Gref to go. Get thinking. Um, and while we're on the topic of Gref, Gref, um, a rumour has it, and, and it's very unconfirmed, it's very unfounded, uh, and there's really no evidence towards it at all, but rumour has it that you're a Manchester fan. Really? Never would have guessed. Well, would you know Is it true? I, I saw you sat not really watching anything at playoffs over the, the playoff weekend, so I kind of saw you must be a Manchester fan. I was supporting the bars, okay? I think you're local economy. Team Bunkers, Team Bunkers. Salt Box Royal. <laughs> Salt Box Royal. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Salt, Salt Box Sticky Floor, more like. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a reason that I'm saying it. It's not just to take the mickey out of Gref, but we do that anyway. Um we are obviously got two teams left that we need to summarise. We've gone through eight teams so far. The two remaining teams that we had to go around were Manchester and Guildford. So, Gref, I'll throw it over to you. You can start us off with how wonderful you think the Manchester roster is this year. Oh, I think they're probably a hit and miss team. I mean, pre-season, they didn't look too great. But then against Dundee... They were actually on, I say, on fire. They were just, I'm not too sure if it was that Dundee's bus legs or something, but they were just great for a change from what I've seen in the two preseason games. Anyway, I mean, we've only from last season we've only re-signed three players in Matt Jin, Declan Barma, and Dallas Earhart. <laughs> Earhart being given the captaincy as well this season. Not, I'm not even brushing on that. I think the signings of like Lane Ulmer, Jared Olin, they're going to be some key signings. Raymond's Gruel, he looked pretty decent in against Dundee. Played it well with Dallas on the, on the same same pairing lines, and you had Kyle Hope. He was on the same line as Olmer and Olin, throwing the body about, putting shots on on the goal there, testing him for a decent. And then, obviously, the EIHL's Player of the Week, of which, on the supporters forum, they call him the Pocket Rocket, because he's only like five or six. But he's fast and he just throws the body at everyone. Tyson Fawcett. Scoring two goals as well, which is pretty decent. Uh, we had a, a signing announced as well last before the podcast last week, and it was Mario Puskevich. He is American by birth, 
family is Croatian. Played for Zagreb for the last two seasons. Played under your, your coach. And then obviously halfway through the season, went over to the East Coast League when the money troubles started to appear. Played against Dundee after coming off the plane, say about, I think it was like four hours or so. But even with the jet lag, he still played a few shifts, didn't play too much. I think he played about three or four shifts, but those three or four shifts, he looked pretty decent. And I am actually quite looking forward to the season. I mean, I think it'll be a push to get playoffs, but if we carry on like we did against Dundee, I think we'll be there. I think uh, there's a couple of players on that Storm team that uh, obviously we've heard a a bit about as Wayne Umar and Matthew Gagnon. Umar playing for the Devils last season and then Gagnon two seasons ago for the Panthers. Two two skilled players, two experienced players who I think will, will help the team quite a lot this year. Got some really good Brits there as well. Goss, Long, uh, Declan Barmer, Zach Sullivan, Jacob Lutovic, and Benny Ulrich as well. Looking good in, in terms of Brit-wise, there's, there's quite a good group there. A, a very um, young team as well. Very young team. There's only three players on this roster that were born in the 80s, uh, and the rest are in the 90s and 1000s, so could bring a lot of, a lot of speed the team uh, not the best of rosters I don't think in, in the league but you know as I said because of how young the players are how young this roster is they can bring this the speed and sometimes speed kills so we'll have to see how, how we're doing yeah I'm, I'm very much in the same kind of Court as you, Andy, I'm not, I don't think it's a massively impressive roster, uh, and that's nothing against the team. If anything, um, it's often seen as, as more of a more of a help at times. Um, you know, there's not not the expectation on this team. Uh, one of the things that I think will be a, a hurdle for them to overcome is obviously they've they've got to gel together as a team quite early doors. Um, if, they, if they're a team that's only only re-signed three players, absolutely unheard of. Um, Really, I mean, particularly when you look at one of them being a Canadian, they've only re-signed two Brits from last year, let alone the rest of the roster. Um, so it really shows, uh, to me, it shows a lot of positivity from Manchester um, that Finity and the guys behind the scenes have, have obviously looked at last season, looked at the last few seasons and gone, this isn't good enough. We need to be pushing top half of the league. We need to be pushing playoffs. And, you know, a clear out is often the way forward to A, make your statement and B, move in that right direction. But as the Steelers showed last year, it can go one or two ways. Um, Good start for them so far. Obviously getting a win against Dundee. uh, None of us expected that. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see for me. I mean, Matt Ginn, for me, was one of the weaker goalies. I, I don't. I don't look at stats per se in terms of goalies all that much. I, I, I think when you watch him, he was one of those goalies that seemed quite strong at first, but then as soon as a couple of goals went past him, he kind of lost his head and started flapping a little bit more. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can find his head and keep his head uh, this year, see if he can lead him forward. But 28, he should be around about his prime for a goalie. 
Um, and as Andy said, the rest of the team, Young should be bringing some pace. They've got the two veterans, mainly there in Ulmer and Howland. So, you know, and now we're looking at the two assistant captains. So, a lot of positivity in this squad. Um, they've got the, you know, they've got the result, result, the result early on. Uh, let's see if he can, they, they can ride the coattails from that and get a bit of confidence. The forbidden C word from last year in, uh, in Steelers camp. Let's see if they, they've got a bit of confidence early doors. Let's see if they can ride that out and get a few more results under the belt. I suppose for me, the, the, the only thing that gives them the shine is, it's already been said, it's the speed on from the young, the, the very youthful, uh, looking squad that they have. They've got, like I said, they've got a couple of veterans. I think Gagnon will give them uh, something that may help Dallas Earhart because it felt like Dallas Earhart was relied upon to be to play the physical role for the Storm. Gagnon coming in, everyone knows what physical role he is, allows Earhart to play a bit more a rounded role. And especially as he's the captain, um, it may prove a little bit of a masterstroke. Um, however, I'm... It's an underwhelming roster, but it can sometimes under, underwhelming rosters could bite everyone on the backside. And you know, like when you're finished second a couple of years ago, realistically that wasn't a roster that shouted a second place team. So who knows? It's possible. You know, quick team in that barn could make it a very you know a bit of a fortress to play in in, in Altrincham. So I, I'd like to to can the team because. Like I say, compared to others, there's not much to go. Here's a standout. That's a standout. But if you break it down a little bit, there probably is a fair few chunks of light that could give Storm the 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 glimmer of hope that they may make the quarterfinals of the playoffs. May. It's not a guarantee. Not an implied science. I like the little disclaimer from you there afterwards. It may make the playoffs. May make the playoffs. Um, Ask this about every team. They, you've just alluded to the fact they may make the playoffs. I'm going to ask now, bottom two or top eight? Bottom two. Sorry, Griff. All that positivity from Dave then. May make the playoffs, bottom two. <laughs> Don't all jump in at once. Okay, um, I'll probably say top eight. Top eight. Definitely. Griff? Yeah, I'm going to go top eight, as long as we can keep the consistency. I'm finding it hard this year. No, yeah, I get you with it. Yeah, that's that's one of the key things. I think it's going to be a key thing for a lot of teams. Like the a lot of two of the other teams that I was saying bottom two or like bottom kind of area risk of not making playoffs were Dundee and Coventry. Uh, and to be fair, I mean Coventry had, didn't look too strong in the first couple of periods on Saturday or on Sunday at all, really, but. You know, showed some character as a team to come back from a couple of goals deficit to win on the road. Uh, Dundee have just, you know, they've really put some results up. But then again, zero points last weekend. So I'd probably have Manchester in the bottom two. Um, but I've probably said that for two teams already. So <laughs> The bunkers um, would hope that Manchester make the bottom two. That is also very true. That is also true. Um, then we move on from Manchester, then we move towards Guildford. Uh, and I'll, uh, Dave, I'll throw it over to you to start us off on this one. Uh, we've got the Flames, what do you think? Oh, 
So, the Flames last year, uh, finalists for the Challenge Cup, only missed that one in on the playoffs. Sorry, um, overtime, my apologies, because I mentioned the playoffs because they also lost the same team. Um, the team looked very samey, samey, um, which ain't a bad thing because they've got talent. They've they've got a lot of good players. Uh, net-minding, they've gone with just the one import so far in Fullerton, um, who's, you know showed his worth and got him some massive wins last year. And you know, look at the defence, you know, Ackerad, Craig, um, Stephen Lee, who's moved from the Panthers to um, to Guildford, will give him that depth in, in the defence, which I think will make, makes him a more rounded um, proposition. And then you look at the forwards, you know, it'd be unfair to not, first of all, mention uh, Ben Davis um, of um, France relegation fame. Uh, you, you go for the rest of the, of the forwards, Dunbar, Ferguson, Foster, Lindhagen, guys who did a great job last year. The thing is, that's a team that's got individually stacked with talent. We've seen it. They've beaten all teams. But they, they, got, they raised the bar last year a little bit when making the final of the Challenge Cup, semi-final of the playoffs. But it, realistically, it's a team that should be challenging top four. If you broke their players down in the that's a team that should be challenging top four. They're good enough. And then hoping that a few results make it into the top three. So, I like the look of Guildford's team. In fairness, Dixon always recruits well. Um, the challenge is, can, they, can he now make them with the talent that he has on board? And in fairness, the backing that he will have with Hepburn, the owner, he'll not... If they need... Reinforcements. He'll not say there's not many pennies in the bank. They all look after that side of things. So it's not like, like say Fife and Dundee may struggle with budget towards you know if they get a bad injury in November. If it happens to Guildford, they'll replace. It's if he can get that team moulded to be a top four challenging team to to go one step further and win a trophy, to maybe make the playoff final. Because that team last year was good enough. They've added a bit more. They've rounded up. I think it's going to be a good year for, if you're a Flames fan in what they've previously had. I think some silverware will end up in Guildford. I don't know what, apart from the league. They'll have a playoffs or Challenge Cup. Yeah, I reckon probably the Challenge Cup, firstly. The re-signings of Ackerred, Craig, Ben Davis, John Dunbar, they're I'd say probably some of the key signs for them. And then even upgrading their day with getting another Britain with Stephen Lee. We saw what he was like in Kashitsa. We saw what he was like with Panthers over the past, what was it, like nine or ten seasons with them. He's going to help them a lot, especially towards like the, towards the end of the season. I do reckon, yeah... Top four finish for them, possibly on the cards, depending on as as it on form and injuries, possibly. Hey, they did well last season. I can only I can see that Guildford fans are probably want to improve even further this season. There's four new players in total that have joined this season. That's Stephen Lee, Jordan Rowley, K. 
Cambrays and Owen Griffiths, who joined from Milton Keynes last season. Again, a very young team, uh, which compared to Manchester. I think loss of Chris Carosi might hurt them a little bit. Having the duo of Carosi and Fulton were pretty much wonders last season. I think they will miss him. But again, the players that they've lost, they've upgraded. And I can only see them being as strong as they were last season. So I think there's some good things again to go. And probably top five finish for me. Yeah, this is like it's, it's like going from one end of the spectrum to the other, if you'll pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> class, well, wait, well played. Well played. Well played. For that to, to sink in. Um, yeah, but no, on a serious note, it is going from one end to the other because I mean we've gone from Manchester, who literally have re-signed three players from their entire squad last year, to Guildford, who look as Andy's just said, look exactly the same, pretty much, other than a handful of players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be fair, they brought in Jordan Rowley, as you say, looks to be a good, strong D-man. Um, you know, 29 years old, so he's got a bit of experience in his back, back pocket. He's, he's played in the Liga. Um, and, in, and in fairness, in 60 games in the Liga, we got a plus nine. So, you know, I'm not going to turn my nose up at that at one of the top European leagues. Uh, EBEL, 24 games, minus two. Al Svenskan, 51 games, plus eight. So, you know, he's got some decent stats. Um, looks to have something that he can bring to Guildford uh, to add to that already strong defensive core that they've got. Akered, obviously, no words really needed. Jesse Craig, um, you know, London, Steve Lee. And then you've got the size of, of Corbin Baldwin coming in at the back as well. Um, you know, again, a, a guy that, 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 that is, acts as a bit more of a physical deterrent for them, I think, more than anything else. He doesn't necessarily get himself involved all the time. But a guy that's there if needed um, in terms of the physicality, in terms of more the, the rough stuff. Uh, and then you look at the forwards again, uh, Ian Waters, Cruz Reddick, Lindhagen, um, you know, as we say, Ben Davies. I just, the only thing for me is, A, I wonder if Fullerton is strong enough. Um, I think that may have been one of the things that, that maybe let him down in terms of not pushing for the top three, four slot last year. Um, put up 90.9% save percentage, 3.1 goals against average. Oh no, sorry, that's the, that, that is uh, that's in the one game this year. Sorry, my bad. Um, 2.96, not that different to be fair. 2.96 goals against average and 9. Uh, 91% save percentage last year. So I wonder if he's strong enough to take him there. I, I'd like to say yes. Um, you know, he was strong when he played for Dundee. Um, he was strong when he played for Edinburgh. So you know, he has he has all the potential there. Um, but very much a question mark at the back end for me. Um, and the other thing is, I'd be questioning for a team that I think had so much potential and should have finished higher in the league, obviously pushed to where they did in the playoffs, pushed to where they did in, in the Challenge Cup. And I completely agree. I think this, this team has all the potential to bring home the silverware from the Challenge Cup. The only thing for me is, I just question why the lack of changes in a team that, in my eyes, underachieved last year. Because I, I think they should have finished higher in the league standings last year, particularly when you take out Steelers out of the question and putting them right down at the bottom. I think these guys should have finished higher than they did. The only thing I can I can guess is that Dixon is confident with the changes he's made, that actually he had the piece of the puzzle all but there, 
and he just needed a couple of changes. Yeah. Um, in the conversation you had about with, with Fullerton, I think he's he's gone for the better of the two goalies because Oli was a good goalie. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think he's gone for the better of the two. Uh, yeah, I agree in that. I agree that I agree that Fullerton's uh, stronger out of the two than they had. The only explanation I can think of is he, he just he is confident of what the unit he has is good enough with the with the few additions that he's made. Because you know you looked at well they, they announced like ten players at once. It's like yeah we just signed half the roster. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, so he's confident. He's clearly confident that's going to do the the job. Do we think? I'm, sorry. Go. So I think it's very much a wait and see as to how much of the job. Because I think, so here's the thing for me with Dixon, because the pressure's there. Um, if he doesn't, if he starts filtering around 5th, 6th, 7th, as he has done the, the past, is it two years, Guildford, with the Elite League? Three, two, 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 two. two. yeah, two. So if, he has, if he has a third year out of the top four, and Guildford don't shrimp on the support in terms of the financial backing. That's not a criticism. They just ha- they are lucky in that context. Um, if he ends up another fifth, six, seven team, where does it leave Guildford saying, is Dixon the man? And this is Paul Dixon, who's a Guildford legend. So it's, I think it's going to be a tough year for him. He has to deliver something to keep, you know, to keep the belief of the owners, which I, I believe they do, but he has, you know, proofs in the pudding. All sports results-based industry, and he has to deliver something. Yeah, I like Dixon as a coach as well. I think he does a good job as a coach, and I think it would be a shame if they ended up in that situation where they were having to question his ability as a coach just because they underachieved again. Because I think as a coach, he he does a good job. So it would be interesting to see where they finish come the end of the season. Do we think I I like him as well, and I think he'll be the next person to replace uh, Russell for the GB role. Yeah. If I'm honest with yeah, you. Be a good shout. Do we think that they're going to go with a second import netty, or do we think one of the things I wonder if with them going with the one for the time being, they've made some huge re-signings. Some huge re-signings. Sign- re-signings that would have, A, had a lot of interest from within the league, from teams higher up in the standings, and B, from teams outside of the league as well. I wonder if they've had to front up more for to keep so many of these re-signings to the point where they've taken the hit as only having the one impact netminder. Or have they gone with the faith in the one netminder and saved the budget in case they need to make any changes? Yeah. Yeah, always a possibility. I don't know. I think it, it's, it's one that we can only guess, isn't it? It's, 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 it's tough just, to coin and see where it lands. Yeah. I just think you look at some of those players in that roster, I mean, Akered, Waters, Craig... Just to name a couple of them, I, I just think would have had a, a lot more elite league interest, let alone out of the elite league interest as well. But, but as you say, we can only speculate on that. There's no, they won't come cheap. Don't have the ins and outs. But one thing that always comes out of Guildford, and this is players who have left and spoke about it, is they are well looked after. Very, very well looked after. You never hear grumbles of payment issues. You never hear grumbles of accommodation. Cars, every, the perks that players get when they come to the league, Guildford look after their team very well. So, yeah. you know that you know that could save them a few bob. True. So what I'm going to do to round up Guildford, then I, I'm not going to ask top eight or bottom two. Uh, I think from the positivity that most people speak about this roster, from what we've already seen about this roster, I think we'll all agree that these should at least finish top eight. Um, 
So I'm going to, instead of going top eight, bottom two, I'm going to go top five or bottom five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Top five for me as well. Um, so Guildford, no pressure. Uh, we did it to Belfast, so hopefully we've not given you the kiss of death. But uh, so this is where Guildford finished ninth. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies in advance if anybody listens to this like next year <laughs> realizes uh, what we've done. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll draw a line of that. We'll move on to the more contentious issues of today's podcast. We alluded to it last week, and then we alluded from it. Uh, we uh, decided that we didn't have enough time uh, last week to get this in properly. Uh, so we'll start off with point one of the two contentious points. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you what they both are first. We've got social media, and we've got the instigator rule, the rearing its ugly head again so early on in the season. We spoke about it last season, but I think it's about time we recap. But before we do that, We'll go over to social media. Um, I'm going to throw that in the air and I'm going to let somebody just come in with a comment about social media. What has happened with majority of fans and social media nowadays? Uh, that's my opening gambit because it just seems to be a bloodbath. It's all about scoring points. It's all about, uh, that. what's the PC word for it? Uh, tomfoolery. Uh, oh, let's score a point. Let's make a comment about them for the likes and the retweets. What is going off? It's like, I mean, forums are dead in the water. They've, they've gone. Their time has come and gone. And that's no disrespect to forums that are still plugging, you know, their old wares. Um, they're just, yeah, they're just, they're, they're, they're done. Um, Twitter, uh, that's just a bloodbath. You, you talk hockey on there, my God. It's just some of the comments, and it's, it's just people will just think, let me make something controversial. I might get an extra like. Or I might get a retweet from a favourite player. Why? Just why? What? What is it? What? What, what have we come to where it's it's like it, it comes to a point sometimes where you just look at it and go, oh, well, it's like, I can't be bothered because I just can't be doing with the hassle. Not that I can't argue against the hassle, but it's just every time. I know everyone thought Brexit was bad talking on social media, but sometimes hockey on a Saturday night afterwards is even worse. And I, I just think you know, I I think there's one element of it that I think led to it. And it's something I alluded to a few a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, ironically, is that hockey has become very tribal in terms of fan bases are just their own, and that's it. Screw everyone else. You go to the away game, forget the home fans. It's just us. Stick with our own. Keep in that box. Go to you know, go in packs, but just our own. Don't mingle. Don't learn. Don't you know, expand your horizons. When I started going away trips in more particular Belfast, one of the things I said: get to know the locals. Get to know them. Wherever you go, whether it's Cardiff, Edinburgh, Belfast, or Nottingham, get to know them. You enjoy, your experience is a lot more richer. And now, I, you, know, you could go to most places, and there'll be someone that you'll have spoke to, you'll have shared a beer with, or a soft drink with, but you know you could go anywhere, and you, you guarantee you can talk to someone, you can enjoy that experience. Now, because you just saw, let's just go in the pack, let's just stick to our own, it's just, it's just wrong. I just think tribalism has, has crept into the game and we can all do stuff for the bants I'm all for a bit of banter anybody who knows me knows I'm, I'm game for a bit of banter but just some of it just over the last four or five months is just rubbish I'm using that word because it's stronger words available but that's my gambit on social media again, again we could allude to the uh, to the Red Bull Munich coach but we won't <laughs> so should we just go the, the Munich principle 
Let's just call it that. Is that like Salzburg syndrome with your flip-flops? We've got the Munich principle. Leave my flip-flops like this. <laughs> my flip-flops haven't recovered. Well, you were, trying to, you were trying to leave your flip-flops in Salzburg by the looks of it. Physically, mentally and emotionally, they've not recovered. Will you please think of the children? Don't even start me on this. This is not coming to this. Right. Dave, you've just given me a window and I'm going to take you. That's what I did it for, my friend. Two things that really, really irritate me about social media. And you'll be surprised that it isn't people who fish, because I am one of those people. But um, Have you ever have you ever done fishing, mate? I just find the, some of the comments hilarious. Um, but no, the two things. The first thing is, is the ideal, this holy principle of an opinion. <laughs> it's, like, it, it, it's like buying a cake and then not letting anybody have any of your cake. Like, Which I do. Well, that's not in that. that didn't say it is a cake. That it is just like a cake. Stop ruining the metaphor. Um, what type no. of cake is it, though? Uh, red velvet. No one's going to get a slice of the cake. Do you know what? This is going to be today's food poll. We, we had pie and peas last week, bangers and mash. Now we're going to go on to cake. But we're going to bring it back to the topic, Gref. Stop leading us astray. Um, no, it... it, it <laughs> It's just like it's like the golden principle, isn't it? It's the it's like your holy sacred right to have an opinion, which it is. Everybody's right to have their own opinion. If you don't want somebody criticizing your opinion, do not post it on social media. Because for me, posting it on like a Steelers Orange Army page or a Belfast Giants fan page or whichever team you support, going on one of those pages. And saying that is opening it to a forum. It's opening it up to discussion. The number of times I had a discussion on Facebook. I can't remember who it was with. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I don't hold grudges. It's irrelevant. But I I put something on. Somebody asked the question, who would you get rid of from last year? And somebody said Ben O'Connor. It's been going around quite a lot on, on Facebook over the last few days on the Steelers Orange Army group. But somebody said Ben O'Connor. And my honest question to them was, why would you get rid of one of the best British demon? I think anybody who watches him could understand the flaws, could understand the fact that he'd make the, the, the turnovers, the maybe a little bit too much of a um, an attraction towards being a forward rather than a D-man. We can all see that side of things. But you can't deny the fact that Ben O'Connor is still one of the best British demon. You get rid of him, Steelers are losing a top four demon, and they can't replace him with an import because he's a Brit. So my my honest question, and all I said was, why would you get rid of one of the best British demon? The response was, it's my opinion, and I have my right to opinion, and stop telling me I can't. And I just commented back something along the lines of, well, that's the most disproportionate response to a, an honest question. Like, if, if for me, if you're giving that answer, then you have no substance to your opinion. Because if it's your opinion, back it up and tell me why. Answer the question. It's your opinion. You're entitled to that opinion. I'm entitled to disagree. And all all I was try, all you try and do on social media is discuss. I always find when people throw the line up, it's my opinion. Is it trying to say that actually you're not entitled to your opinion? I'm entitled to mine because mine's right. I always find that it's always thrown in when it's always in disagreement. Because like yeah. you said, if you if you're going to talk about something, if you're going to put a subject, I don't. Know, let's just say 
Um, one of us puts out on our social media, halloumi cheese is bad for the world, discuss. Well, stop I, bringing I, in food polls. We're going to... You know. It's become a British bake-off. My fancy on voting British bake-off, I'm liking that idea. Let's, let's, let's think about it for next week. But you know, coming in a few weeks, all of us are going to all of us are going to bake a cake. You must decide which one is better. <laughs> if you don't agree with mine, that's my opinion. Um, but you know, it's just no, it's your cake. <laughs> if you just discuss it, you're discuss, it's a discussion. You know, there's a amount of times that all four of us have said stuff, and we've and one of us has disagreed with the other. And you, yeah, know, so you long, do it ten times so, again. So, so long as oh, massively, but so long as you do it in the, in the, the right manner, and not just throw a meme. Because that's another one that grinds my gears. Oh, I have an opinion. Let's throw a meme. Let's put a picture, a few words, get more likes. Did Dave just do a Peter Griffin? I may have. <laughs> you don't really grind my gears. It's just, it's, but you know, it's, it's like that. Oh, I can't think of an opinion. Let me put a picture on. Why? You've got fingers, keyboard, type words, structured sentences. Or even not structured sentences, just put an opinion on. I got called simple-minded the other day, which I just thought was the stupidest response. Well, I'm not denying that. But I just, <laughs> just thought it was, it was the stupidest response. And it's just too many times. It's like somebody says something, their honest opinion. Because this, this is the other side of the scale, is that you see people that will say, oh, I think this. And then somebody comments back and goes, no, that's stupid. Well, no, it's not stupid. It's what they think. But at the same time, you know, just say, oh, this is what I think. I disagree. There's no need to, like, insult the person, and there's no need for that person to get on the high horse. And I don't know if it's... I can't decide which one is forcing the other. I can't decide if the, if the oh, it's my opinion and you're not allowed to disagree, is caused by the amount of times that somebody says something back and goes, oh, you're an idiot. And so it's just presumed that that's going to be said. Or if it's vice versa. I, I really can't decide, but it just really, really irritates me. As, as Dave says, it really does grab my ears. Um... Before I throw, sorry, I appreciate I'm talking a lot. I, before I throw it over to Gref and Andy, the second thing that really irritates me at the moment is uh, it, it kind of it almost stems from I don't know what you think, guys, but it almost stems from classy. We have classy, we have family sport, and then Cash now this. from the no, that's a very separate concept. <laughs> so from from well, almost from family sport spanned classy. And then all of a sudden, from family sport and classy, we've had the children. Like, Michael Davies throws a peg, underarm, throws a peg into a block. It's a plastic peg. There's going to be no result. Even if it hits someone, I, I would put my neck on the line and say, even if that hits someone, they're not getting a serious injury. When I when I heard he'd thrown a goal peg, I was thinking like steel goal peg that you have at Ice Sheffield that are, have got some serious weight to them. Like that was I was thinking, oh, that's bad. Plastic goal peg, it's still bad. Get over it. The amount of people that were going, oh, but what does that teach the children? They, they were they were children watching that. Does that teach the children that that's okay? You're watching hockey. When two people have a disagreement in hockey, they drop the gloves batter the crap out of each other and then go and sit down for five minutes. So what does that teach the children? Like, maybe you just take the responsibility to teach your own children what's right and wrong instead of going, <laughs> I'll tell you what, son, this week, just watch Michael Davies. He'll show you exactly how to be a human being. What? But do you know what is thinking of the children? Allow them to pay for the chips with cash. <laughs> <laughs> but now I, I'm going to throw something else onto the point of you know what children see. 
you see children go to football, and I'm not saying all football fans are like this, but you hear some of the, the chants, some of the comments, um, and in particular if you're an Italian football some fan. Some things you may even hear on a Munich bench, like, you know, quite not, possibly. Not, not the Italian fans, I'll just stress that because they're a different uh, way of supporting their teams, allegedly. But, you know, some of the stuff you hear at football grounds, you can't kind of go, oh, think of the children, think of the children. It's kind of just, I mean, then again, though, when you've got a sport that is happy to play Baby Shark, you kind of lose all, all gumption to go, let's not think of the children. Yeah, I, 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 um, before I'll, I'll throw it over to Griffith, Andy, but before I, I'll back up, I don't, I, I like the fact that hockey is primarily put across as a family sport. I think it's good for people that they can go, they can quite comfortably take the kids without. If they're not happy with their kids being exposed to the language, the aggression, the you know that that type of thing, hockey's always prided itself on being the kind of atmosphere where you can take your kids. You don't have to worry about that kind of thing. I, I'm all for that. I, that's that. Me saying the whole what think about the children thing is not by any means a reflection, in my opinion, of it being a family sport. I, I don't think it should move away from that. I just think. It's daft to then say a player's actions are wrong because of the children. I just think that's stupid. But yeah, anyway, Gref, Andy, I'll throw it over to you because me and Dave have talked a lot. Um, so what do you guys think? For me, I think it's... so. You can, like you said with opinion, you can try and like... You'll tweet that out, your, your opinion, and then someone will say well why do you think that and then because they didn't like someone questioning them it could be a fairly honest question of okay why do you think that when that person probably just had an amazing game or something they block you straight away it's like well clearly you don't like confrontation at all especially when it's like something that they can hide behind, so like a fan made account or a company account where they create reports or reviews or the event interviews with players as such. They'll just block you straight away just because you don't like to question them. It's like, why, why are you even posting it on there if you're not going to get comments about it? You don't see the NHL doing it. Or you don't see like... NHL players doing it really they'll actually laugh at it they'll actually some of the players actually just have a joke with it they'll even like it and just go ah this made me laugh it's like isn't that really what social media was for just branch out have a laugh with people and also with the your own tribes I don't get that one bit I I obviously being the, the Manchester fan that I am over to you guys. Are you? Yeah, apparently so. I'm going to say this is a bit of a classic example of going out of the tribe, this podcast itself. Exactly. But then, obviously, go over to Sheffield. I don't really sit with our fans. I go over and speak to you guys all the time. I know, we really wish you wouldn't, but then you buy us a drink and then we think, yeah, okay, it's good enough. Exactly. But then, obviously... So that's a Did I just say Gref buys us a drink? When does that happen? I was thinking that. Also... <laughs> But yeah, and then obviously go down to Cardiff. We all got friends down there. Or Belfast. Or even Fife. 
For me, yeah, it's the case. Glasgow? Glasgow as well. I, I think probably the only place in the Elite League where I actually don't really know someone that well is probably Dundee. That's probably the only good team in the league. It's like, you stay out. You get you actually get to know people. You enjoy the, the game more, the atmosphere more. One of your teammates is a Dundee fan. <laughs> yeah, I can't see <laughs> that. I thought it was five. Yeah, I can't see Yeah, we all, we all think of Paddy anyways. His whole... don't, don't give him an out. <laughs> I'm not saying the person's name. It's fine. <laughs> what do you think, Andy? If, there's nothing wrong with having an opinion. As long as you have at least some sort of logic to it. Or an explanation. You know, uh, I just think the Connor you know, comments are absolutely ludicrous, especially when you've seen what he's done, that ridiculous shootout goal against Korea and scoring from the blue line against Italy. I mean, who else can really do that? Who else can do that? He's just a little the talent that he has and the skill he has is phenomenal. I mean, yeah, he's started off not probably as strong as what the others have, but he came close scoring a goal last weekend it was massive massive Canada shot straight off the crossbar clang that was yeah, yeah. David Phillips he was, he was having a bit of a hard time during the pre-season training camp you know he was I think he went through two sticks in one session because he was frustrated with how he was playing but he's, he's picked it up and I've, I've got any confidence and O'Connor will do the same as well he apparently also got on the ice in training with one skate guard still on <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start lie. Um, but I suppose it's the point separate to it all is, is you, with, with hockey becoming more and more, it's a place that's it's the inclusiveness. It's also it's a safe place, but it's obviously with, with the big thing on mental health and everything. And it's, you know, people are allowed to, to discuss and allowed to have that ability to talk about the sport in their own way and minds however you know if they're able to discuss stuff like us for we're able to do a podcast or someone who's not as as versed in discussing it to have that kind of then a negative the complete opposite of that you know we say we oh, you know the hockey world is very open you know especially as a safe place for people who may struggle with mental health to go to the games be able to talk about the game and just just love the game of hockey to then then go on social media and it's kind of like yeah but you can't talk about it because it's it's not this it doesn't fit it's, it's you know you're the circle in a square peg and it's kind of like it, it's a pole opposite of what a lot of people are trying to do and, and the, the the sporting world and the hockey world is trying to do so I think you know a lot of points raised I, I agree 100% um, and I think I think people just need to take steps back not just a step steps back and just think use of the brain cell that they're born with and, and you know, like I said, banter is good. Banter is fun. It's, 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 it has its place, but to override everything, no. I think it's gone too far in that context. It's like it's animal the, farm. It's, 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 it's it? the, Everyone's it's equal, but some are more equal than others. It's like everyone can have an opinion, but you can't contradict mine. Like no. And I, I don't even have. I say I don't even have an issue with people that have an opinion and don't want anybody to discuss it with them. That's fine. If you have your opinion, if you're that set in your ways, 
that you don't care about what anybody's got to say on the contrary, that's that's fine. That's your own prerogative, no issues. But then don't go and post your opinion on Facebook. Don't go and post your opinion on a forum or on Facebook or something like that because the whole point of that, the whole reason it's called a, a forum, despite the fact that they're kind of obsolete now, but it's, a, it's a forum, it's a place to go and air your opinions and to discuss. That's, that, that's the whole, that's what a forum is. And it's, and it's essentially what Facebook groups are as well. So why are we, don't post it if it's not up for discussion. What really annoyed me is, you know, after one game of the season on the, uh, the Orange Army group, everyone's saying, no, Fox out, uh, players out. There's no hope. Um, it's been one game. One game, yet yeah, neither of us was, was happy with it because we were in control for a lot of that game. And every chance Coventry had, they, they scored on it. Every chance they just thought, we'll throw it on net or we'll make, make a pass to the guy in the slot. You know, they played, they took their chances and we didn't. We had a six, five on four at the end, something like that. Yeah, like yeah. Tineta, and they immediately won the face off, pulled it back and then it was in our goal. You know, so there's chances we didn't say that we should have took. And it, it was just a bad game, team. There's no I, reason to say that we can't bounce back. It's one game of the season. I, I, did, I, I did hear the resistance um, warming the vocal cords at that very moment in time. Um, but, you know, any group that, you know, different teams, as Joe mentioned, will have that same, you know, someone saying, oh, I'll get them out. You know, and if you, if you sift away from those who are fishing because it's becoming more and more of a popular um, pastime uh, due to responses, you get a lot of that stuff. So I, I just think people in general just need to think, use that, use that brain cell. And, you know, if, you, if you're going to put your head above the parapet with your opinion, be prepared for people to fire rocks at you. Done rightly, not a problem. Kids in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. That's the one. It's bang on. Like you, you... With uh, football compared to us, I think everyone's seen that uh, video or photo of that. Uh, I think it was like a Turkish fan or something with a cigarette. Say the pa- apparently he was 36. If he's 36 and Warwick Davis is 70. He's nowhere near 30. Oh, he's a yekka's like 30. He's about seven. Exactly. And what sort of example does that set for children? They no. clearly no. they clearly weren't thinking of the children. I'm, I'm with you there, Andy, 100%. I have one more thing to bring to social media before we bring it to a close, because I suspect we're going to go on a similar kind of ranty moment on the instigator penalty, if not worse, at this moment in time, I think. So... Um, <laughs> I have one more thing, unless anybody, obviously if anybody's got anything else to throw in, then, then feel free. But one more thing that I want to say about social media is a lot of social media users now have adopted the phrases of like happy clapper, in inverted commas, true fans, in inverted commas. And it's something that really, really irritates me. If I, I guarantee you, I could go on Facebook, if, let's, scenario, Steelers are losing two goals down against Manchester, and after two periods, I guarantee you, I could go on the Orange Army group and say, oh, this isn't good enough. We're supposed to be challenging for, for a league title, and again, we're not coming out strong enough. And I guarantee you, by the end of the game, somebody will have commented on there saying, support your team, stop being an idiot, Why be a true fan. Why am I not allowed 
And this, this may sound quite double standard. It may sound quite contrary to not being able to discuss your opinion. But it, it really irritates me that just because you're, you've got something negative, or not even negative per se, just because you've not got something positive to say about the club, you're not a true fan. And then the flip side to that is you then get people going, oh, that person's gone to every home game this year, even though we've been terrible and we've not looked very good. Oh, they're a happy clapper. And that's it now. It's like the, it's the other two stances you get on Facebook. Somebody says something and it's, oh, you're a happy clapper or, oh, you're not a true fan. So, so the happy clapper uh, phrase was used years ago on forums. And the best thing that happened, um, it, it turned out just by coincidence, a group of lasses who, in the conversation, was deemed this. They actually took it upon as a bit of a badge of honour. You know, happy, clapper and proud. That's us. And do you know what happened with that? It got the respect from the other side. They, they took it in the manner which way, you know, well, yeah, that's what you want to call us, fine. That's us, bring it. That's our title. We don't care. And that got the respect. I think now, I mean, you're right, the true fan. Where's what definition's a true fan? Where's the line? Where's the boundaries? There isn't any. It just, just annoys to me. To define, you know, why is someone who just goes, who can just afford to go to the game, is any different to the person that goes and buys every single piece of merchandise, every single to every single game, home and away? They're not different. They're still going to the game of hockey. I the thing that irritates me is these things like I. Like since I've been watching hockey, like I, I've spent a, a lot of money on 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 shirts and in auctions. I paid, I bought Fitzy's shirt in an auction once. I paid over three hundred pounds for a shirt in an auction. I've been like Challenge Cup, Salzburg, Copenhagen, travelled to Belfast, God knows how many times now to watch the Steelers. Like season ticket holder for years, and I guarantee you, multiple times a season, and somebody will turn, turn around to me and say, "Oh, you're not a true fan," because I've said we've lost the game and we looked poor in this area. Or somebody will say, "Oh, well, we'll bounce back next time," and you'll go, "Yeah, but, but is it not a bit concerning that we're letting them straight through the middle?" Oh, why can't you just support your team through thick and thin? Well, I do. I, I sat at 99% of home games last year, like. <laughs> could have easily stayed at home. It, it just it just annoys me. I, I, and again, it, it's not a dig at people who absolutely live and breathe everything hockey and everything for their team. And it's also not a dig at the people that that don't. I just think like I, I don't know. I just think people just use it as a, as another dig on social media now. It's just become that negative. It's, it's that quick fire bullet, isn't it? It's like, yeah. uh, I can't think of anything. It's like the classy thing. Oh, you know, we've lost a game. Well, how can I, how can I have a go tomorrow? Ah, their fans weren't classy. Oh, it's that same thing. Oh, you've, 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 you've criticised him. Oh, walk straight from the hip. True fan. It's that, you know, again, brain cell, engage. Come on, guys and girls. We're better than this. Collectively, we're better than this. Just let's just discuss. If you, just, just say what you've got to say and that's it. There's no need to start like... Criticise him. I just, I just think you've lost your argument straight away if you turn around to somebody and say, like, if you turn around to someone and say, you're not a true fan, or, oh, you're a happy clapper, or you're saying, oh, we are, that's my opinion, that you've lost your argument straight away. Just back it up. If you, if you can back your argument up and give me a, give me a compelling argument, then you, you've got a lot more weight to what you've just said than if you just turn around and go, oh, sorry, happy clapper. But yeah. Maybe we should get like true hockey t-shirts and just cover over the hockey part and just put a flag 
way of the playoffs. Do you know what? Everybody keep an eye out at playoffs this year because the the uh, my fancy Zamboni team are going to be what we're going to get some t-shirts made. I swear that are going to have like buzzwords. So you're going to see us walking around with t-shirts and say like "classy, true fan." Like bingo. You want to say MF said bingo? Got to be done. Got to be done. Anybody got anything else to add on social media? Actually, we could go around on this for days. I, but I, I, I think I think we'll move that for social media part two, which I'm sure will happen in weeks to come. Pretty sure it will. Um, so the next thing that I've got here, though, the second, the second of two in contentious issues for this for this podcast. Um, wasn't sure if we were going to be able to get through this and social media. Gref aired his concerns the other day when we dis- when we suggested discussing both uh, as to how long we might go on for. But um, the instigator rule is something that uh, we, we aired our disagreement with, shall we say. Uh, and it, it reared its ugly head in the Coventry game the other day again, and it, it's just something that I feel like we need to go back into again. So, Dave, I'm not going to throw it to you to start with. I'm going to throw it to Gref and Andy. Oh, uh, why? All right. <laughs> no, just just like don't. a cake, you've got to share it. <laughs> I don't share cake. That's why I'm of a certain route on disposition. Um... <laughs> Very eloquently put. Um, Gref and Andy, what do you think? Instigator rule. Kick us off. I think in your game against Coventry, I, think, I don't even know why the, the instigator rule, the instigator penalty was thrown then. I mean, to be fair, that fight was a bit pants, to put the, the PG word there, or PG friendly word. It was a bit pants. It was not the, the big thing that everyone was raving about on social media. I was, I watched it and I was like, really? Is that it? But onto the instigator, I think, I, I think pretty much for, I'd probably say for all of us, our stance from last year <laughs> really hasn't changed. It's an inconsistent rule that keeps getting given out. I mean, your guy got it. Now, I don't see anywhere in that video why he deserved it. He's the one that's just got pulled out. And he's not even dropped his gloves or anything before someone's laying into him, so he's like, right, I've got to defend myself. Fair play to him. And it's just, it needs to be more consistent, really. I mean, that, that seems to be the C-bomb this week, consistent. We've mentioned it that many times. But it's, I don't really think there's many words for it, apart from it's a rule that, if put correctly, it'd be great. But nine times out of ten, so far that we've seen, it's not really done correctly. It's a rubbish rule, and if it's not going to be going to be used for the right moments, for the, the moments that it really should be dished out, then there's no point in having it. Uh, there's not a lot I can really say on it. I mean, the, the fact that Lemchi Gov and Brawl, it was Brawl who made the first the first point in contact. They were both having words with each other. But Lenchigov, either way, got that instigator penalty. And he wasn't the one instigating it. It was Brawl who made the first the first point of contact on him. One good thing I will come I will say out of this is it's great to see Lenchigov stand up for his teammate when uh, I think one of the commentary players got run into Duba. So it's great to see that, you know, he is sticking up for his team and he's willing to, to go in the, into that enforced role if he has to. So I don't think there's many others on on that Sheffield team that would. So it's great to see him stand up to Brawl 
who is, let's be honest, he's an absolute beast, and I don't think anyone will want to go up to him. It, it reminds me a, a bit of Nicholson with his size. And I'll, I'll just say well done to him for standing up for his team. And the rule was wrongfully used there, and I hope we're not going to see a lot of that this time again. If you remind me of Nickerson, mate, then watch out in Guildford. Um, the instigator rule. Oh, our lovely friend, the instigator rule. It's, it's, it's the application, I'm going to disagree, has been actually been done correctly. It's the actual interpretation of the rule. It's how it's been defined is well and truly wrong, which we said time and time again last year. But every time you see the instigator penalty thrown out, every time, it just backs up. And the problem we've got is we've got this rule now till 2022 until the WHF refreshes its rules. And I just hope to God that there's someone, someone with a think tank of saying, right, actually, is this a rule that we need to tweak? And just get it correctly. I'll be honest with you, I'm going to throw this out to you. If you're going to keep the instigator fight rule as it is, and what I may say now may, may trip myself up in terms of terminology. I'd like to see him bring in an instigation penalty. So if you're going to do it for the instigator for the fight, then, you know, well, let's throw this for instigation of the whole incident. Because if what you do is cause a line brawl or a mass delay of game, well, let's actually call it, let's, you know, let's, let's level the playing field and have something for the instigation of the whole moment. Have it two plus ten as the instigator, the fighting instigator penalties. But then let's bring the let's balance the books and have something to that's that's cause you know on top of whatever penalty you may give for the the actual moment. What would your guys think to that? Yeah, I, I think your instigation generally to me that the whole idea of an instigator. I, I, I don't even think it would be that different to what we've got. I, I I don't think if the instigator rule is is altered appropriately, I don't think there'd be any difference between it being an instigator and an instigation. I just think it's just... Do you know, like, it's, if you have a player that's... if you, For me, like, the instigation, you used to see all the time where you'd have two guys at centre ice, you'd have one guy shake his gloves, a couple of taps on the guy's legs, let's go. That That's yeah, yeah. an instigation. That is a blatant instigation of a fight, a guy standing on the ice, shaking the gloves, come on, let's go. That is an instigation. Yeah. Not a um, guy going after someone for a bad hit. Um, what I'm saying in terms of instigation, I think the, the rule for the instigator penalty currently is for the, the fight instigator. So if you're going to keep fight instigator, then I'd be saying, right, let's have an instigation penalty. So what instigated the whole ins- Yeah. Yeah. So you keep, so if you have to keep this stupid, absolute idiotic definition of fight instigator, have an instigation penalty that balances the books and actually, that's twofold. It allows the teams to discipline themselves in the way hockey can do, but it also allows the rule, the the, um, the rules of the game, to be kept in the flow as it is doing in terms of the physical and the fighting element of the game. It allows it to continue to to go through. Because I tell you now, the fighting gate it still has it allows that. Well, I'm being punished for something that that should have been dealt with. But if you know that actually you're going to do the job that you need to do, and yeah, you may get the instigate penalty, but that guy's going to get the instigation penalty. Then actually all's done with, all's dealt with. Then actually you're going to get rid of the, the need to, to carry on, unless it's a really bad hit, which, you know, it prolongs itself. So 
that's the only that's the only way I was thinking about this one because I know we're going to talk about it. It's the only thing I can think of that potentially have the best of both worlds. If you call the fighting to get a definition, a best of world of something. Yeah, so I, 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 will, I will front load everything that I'm going to say now by just saying, quite obviously, I hate this rule. I, I, I really hate it. I think it, it is, it's been adopted by hockey leagues as a whole as a way of deterring and, and, and flattening out fighting in hockey. That is, that is that is the basic principle. The only reason for the instigator rule is to stop fighting from happening in hockey, and it's worked. It's worked. You've now gone from seeing a, a fight pretty much every game. You've now seen gone from seeing a team with at least two guys that you would actively class as an enforcer to having probably one guy you'd actively class as an enforcer across the league and seeing a fight every twenty games. So it's worked. And, and that irritates me as well. I would have no issues if the instigator penalty was used to stop the fights that happen at centre ice as a big spectacle. Look at us, let's go. I think that was what started the gradual decline and the gradual descent to where we are now in that we're wanting to get rid of hockey. If fighting had been exclusively, you may, you've made, and I, I appreciate at times you could have had a centre ice fight where it's, it's still caused because of a hit. But I think if you'd have just had it where one guy makes a bad hit, guy comes off injured, somebody comes on, fight, done, no instigator penalty, five fighting each, job done. I don't think you'd have as much of an issue as now, or like previously with fighting, where you'd just get your two big guys, they'd be gearing it up on social media, the news and the press would be pushing it, oh, Tim Spencer's going to fight with such and such this week. It's the first time they've played since this happened. What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, the first face-off, Tim Spencer and somebody else is on the first line, which was never seen, and they've gone at it. That, that I have no issues with that being stamped out of hockey. That, that's not... That's what's caused the issues with fighting, is fighting for the sake of fighting. If you've got fighting as a sake of a deterrent and fighting as a sake of punishment, yes, the referees do that as well. But if you have that... Then I don't I don't think they're going to have as much of an issue. What I think the instigator rule will lead to, if not already to an extent, is it's going to lead to start having people coming back into the role of enforcer. But I think it's going to start leading to people coming back into the role of enforcer with absolutely zero skill. Because the issue that you had before was you'd have people like Zach Fitzgerald who could do a job in defence. You'd have people like. So to be fair, Tim Spencer was it was a was really quite a decent player when he played for the Steelers. He played in D, played as a forward. You have enforcers who can play hockey. It's not unseen. It is it was actually quite common when you boil it down. But the issue is when you then start saying you've got an instigator penalty, you don't want to sit that guy out who's got a decent amount of talent for five minutes for the fighting plus another twelve minutes for an instigator. So what you're gonna start seeing, in my opinion, is if this instigator rule carries on too long, you're going to see fighting come back in hockey to an extent, only you're going to see rosters that have got a guy specifically there who can't play, who's useless, only for fighting, because then you can afford to have him sat in a penalty box for 17 minutes. Yeah. So I think actually, quite ironically, again, they've doubled back on themselves in that they're trying to get rid of fighting with this instigator penalty to promote the league ideal of speed and skill, 
And actually, I think ultimately, if you follow it to its logical extremity, it's going to lead towards having players that don't have the speed and skill. Um, what I will say is, I think, and I agree with you, Dave, I think the Lentigov incident was right application of, of a crap rule, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I, I, I think you look at it, I disagree that there was no instance of instigation from Lentigov, to be fair. Lackanen makes contact with Duba. It's incidental contact. It's clearly no um, real intent in my eyes. You can, from my interpretation of the replay, you can actually see Lackanen appear to turn around to Duba straight away and apologise. But fair play to the Steelers players. They've moved him out. They've gone, no, in comes Brawl. And again, fair play. Three Steelers players, one Coventry player. Brawl comes in. No, not having that. Defend my player. No issues. For me at that point, no instigation. Because you could just argue that Brawl's gone in there to help out his teammate. Brawl's then been, well, Brawl's then thrown about three young glove punches to Jonas Lewin, who clearly has no interest in fighting with him. He's pulled out by the linos, and at that point, Lentigov breaks off from the group, skates over to Brawl to come from Brawl. I don't think you can tell, you can't argue that Lentigov didn't leave that group thinking he was going to drop his gloves. I don't care if Brawl made the first step. If Lentigov stays in that group, there's no fight. Simple as that. And you don't go to confront a guy like that without the intent of starting a fight. So I can see why that was called as an instigation, but I just don't think in the grand scheme of things there's an instigator there. I just think that's it's a fight. It's a hockey fight. Simple as. It's a hockey fight which has stemmed from what a hockey fight should. Contact on the goalie, somebody's done something, somebody else has come in to protect his teammate, fight occurs. That's what a fight that's what a fight should be like. It's not like they've just gone, come on then, big boy, let's go. So that 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 is my interpretation of the instigator rule. I, I I just think it's that. I just think I just think it's it's a, it's a means to an end to get rid of fighting. There's two situations for me where where I think this rule is rightly implicated. Uh, the first one is a player approaching a player who is unwilling to to you know step up to that, that to that plate and uh, and then that player going for him when he's obviously not willing to to do that and. Second one is if you're making a situation worse, like if getting the whole, the whole other players involved. If 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 a guy does something, and that brings everyone else involved, I think mm. that's another place where it should be implicated. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. On on a slightly side note, because we've touched on the Lenti got David Ball fight, I agree there was no real substance to the fight. Um, I think Lentigov comes off better, not in the fight context. It was quite clearly a win for Brol. But when you look at it, I don't think it was a convincing win for Brol in the grand scheme of things. And I think Lentigov having the, um, well, no other way of phrasing it, having the balls to go up against a guy like Brol, is, is, you've really got to take your hat off to that. Um, the one thing that I'd say about Brol, well, there's a couple of things that, to note about Brawl for a start he tired out quickly in that fight yeah quickly in that fight and I don't care look so many Coventry fans have taken to social media and started saying somebody's commented oh he got tired quickly then so he's gone oh yeah because he took out three Steelers first no he threw about three punches at Steelers players who were more interested in telling a different Coventry player that he shouldn't be making contact on the goalie. Nobody had an intent to fight him. He threw about three punches. If that tires him out first, equally, he's, he's not as fit as he should be. The second thing is, and it goes back to like the likes of like Ben Olsen, 
who was always a controversial fighter because he'd never take his helmet off at the times when he could take your helmet off. He was the guy that was, oh, look at me, I'm a big man, I'll fight, blah, 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 they'll keep my helmet on. Or Sean McMorrow was the famous guy for lifting the shirt over the face. And for me, there were two big things that Brawl did. Both players end up down on the knees and Brawl's still throwing punches. Get up and then carry on fighting. Why are we throwing punches at players? Even if you're on your knees as well, why are we throwing punches at players on the knees? And secondly, not only does he pull his jersey over his face before his jersey goes, he's then holding like the, what's left of the jersey over Lemtigov's face while he's throwing a punch. If you're such a big guy and you can fight, why are you trying to use little cheap tactics to try and get yourself a fight? Let him see what's coming to him, fight properly, and then you know we'll make the judgment. That was that was my take on the fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does anybody oh. have any? Sorry. It weren't the best of fights. Um, and fair play, Lentico for actually surviving to the very end. Um, he should have been put in his place for one of the given the calibre of person we're up against. Mm. Um, yeah, tied out very quickly. Um, it'd be someone like myself if I if I was skating and then trying to swing away. Probably that's the only reason why you get tied quickly. Someone like me, who was a lot more out on than uh, Brawlers. Uh, yeah. It, and the cheap stuff we, we, we spoke because obviously we watched the game at the same time uh, we said the same straight away get rid of the cheap stuff fight like a an old school enforcer do it properly you get you get respect it takes me back I remember when Ben Olsen for Matt Myers when Myers played for Nottingham and um, Myers took his helmet off to fight him and then signal to Olsen to say, come on, let, take your helmet off as well, big boy, we'll go properly. And Olsen said no. So Myers actually went and put his helmet back on before <laughs> he had the fight. I'm sure it was Myers. It was, so it was, was it also? Was it also? Um, oh, who's the lockout guy for Steelers? Sistito. Yeah. Oh, he's only got, but he kept on fighting and Olsen still wouldn't take off the helmet. Yeah, you could, there were a number of fights where you could see with Sestito that he took his helmet off, Olsen wouldn't, and then literally like halfway through the fight and Sestito was clearly not bothered because he's, he's presumably thinking, why am I going to try and break my hand against your helmet because you're too much of a coward to take it off? So there's, there's a load of videos of fights of Sestito and Olsen while they're playing for Steelers and Coventry where, where Sestito's visibly laughing at him. He's, he's visibly got no interest in the fight and he's just laughing at him. Yeah, I remember that. So, anybody got anything to add on the instigator penalty, or are we all good to wrap that up as well? Yeah, let's wrap it up. So, we move towards the latter end of the podcast. We've only got a couple of things left on the agenda, and we do move to, to something that's a lot, a lot more negative, um, you know, a lot more saddening, uh, and it's going to be an emotional night on Saturday uh, in Sheffield. Uh, everybody woke up to the news on Tuesday that Mark Thomas's wife, Vicky, had passed away from breast cancer. Um, obviously, for a start, everybody in my fancy Zamboni passed on the condolences to the, to the Thomas family, obviously Mark and, and their two kids. Um, what, 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 what do we want to say about it? I'm, I'm I, it, you, you go right aside. I, I just want to kind of throw a, a bit of a story just to demonstrate just the type of person she were. And I got lucky in this respect. Um, so kind of taking it back a, a few years ago, um, my, my old man passed away. Um, he was on the support club at the time. So was, the club knew about it. And there was a group of, of the players' wives who 
not beeline, but made sure if they went if they passed cross with my mother afterwards, they always made sure asked how she asked how she was, if you're okay, are you okay as much as you can be, etc., etc., as you would in them scenario. Um, it was Heather, Stacy, Kirsty, and Vicky. Now Vicky didn't know us as a group, as, as, a, as a family, but she made it herself to find out so she could be then as supportive as could be. And that, to me, demonstrates the type of person she were. She was, all, she was always the person, from my knowledge of her, that would make sure if she, could, if she could be helpful to someone, she would. If she could do anything for a person, she would. And she always did it with a smile on her face. Um, everybody who knows her more than I did, I, we only briefly got to know him. But those who know her more than we did say the same thing. And, and speak highly of, of Vicky, um, a, a glowing reference. And it, it's, it's just heartbreaking. It's, it's so sad. But in one respect, you know, if you look at, you know, she's 36. I think she's 36. Apologies if she's if it's, if it's 36, 37. Um, but look what she's, she, her, her mark on the surface. She, she's, you know, when she got diagnosed, what was the, one of the first things she did? Well, she started the fundraising. She started to do something positive with it. She had just the right attitude. And her legacy, there'll be so many people who will spend more time on this earth that will not even be able to hold a candle to that legacy in terms of the, the, the impact that that had. Um, it is going to be it's going to be so emotionally charged. It's, it's going to be the type of game that I don't think anybody's going to care that the opposition wins in that respect. Because Thomas was a long-time Steelers player, and everyone in Sheffield knew Mark and Vicky and Mark's family, um, and also obviously, obviously Vicky's family on, on, on that side. And I don't think Sheffield fans are going to care if Manchester win because it'll be nice for Mark. I think he's involved in the juniors. It's going to be one of them weird nights. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be. It's just going to just be sad, but I hope it's going to be a celebration as well, a, a celebration of someone who, who. The people that she impacted their lives was always positive. It was always blessed. It was, yeah. It's, it's going to be a night, sadly to remember, but I think it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great remembrance of someone who, anybody who could, who could say there was a friend was lucky. I don't really think there's much to touch on with that. I mean, Dave's really said it all there. From my experience... Seeing her around the rink, even like just before Storm games, because the junior teams playing beforehand, there was always a smile on her face, and it, we were looking at her thinking, "Wow, you're going through a lot of things right now, and you've got a big smile on your face still." I mean, the amount of work that she's done for breast cancer care, that was pretty decent. I mean. Especially the one last year at your rink, where you had like Finna and Matt Thomas shaving their heads, as well as I think it was Dowdy, Phillips, some other players. Johnson. Yeah. And that, someone else, yeah. That raised a lot of money as well. And I remember just them going around the rink and people were just chucking money from the stands into there. It was just. Where did someone have to get 500 quid and Finner would get his hair cut? Something like, Finner said something along the lines of, if you raise another £1,000, then I'll do it as well. And within five minutes, they'd raised over 
like three times that amount or something. It, I can't remember the numbers, but it was something ridiculous like that. Like people were just launching money onto the ring. Like it, it was quite literally a visual representation of someone just like making it rain with money because it was just there was yeah. literally money raining onto the ring. Um, I think you read a lot of what people have said. Like Simsy, Simsy summed it up the best for me in the in the Telegraph um, articles. Um, he said, oh, you know, Mark Thomas, Jason Hewitt, Jonathan Phillips, and then you add in for me, like add in like Rod Saric and and Ray Infinity. They're like the core players that gave the Steelers identity, and even now they're not involved or don't play for the club other than Jonna, obviously. But like, even now, you know, Mark doesn't play for the club. Jason doesn't. Finity coaches another elite league team, but they, they still are core players that you would say are quintessentially Steelers. They, they, they sum up what is meant by the Steelers. And so many people have said that in that, Vicky was one of the most influential people out of them. That, that was the glue that held everything together. And the amount of reports that you get, it's beyond people just saying it because of what's happened. You know, you, I, you, you see it where it happens, whereas, you know, obviously, like, everybody's going to try and say something positive, but it's beyond that. It's the amount of things that you hear, the amount of people that say, you know, exactly what kind of person she was. It's, it's just, it's heartbreaking to see, it really is. It, it is devastating. Uh a, a very massive loss, you know. She, she might not have been a player or directly involved with the club, but she held everyone on that club together. Like even the years of Norton Lee um, and, and Paul Reagan, where where most of the management walked out, Vicky was still there, saying, you know, let's just get together, let's just keep going, keep friends, and and, and you know, just tr- try and solve it and get back out how things were, and you know. She can be, you know, I think, thanked for potentially saving the club because, you know, if, if Vicky wasn't there, I don't think a lot of these people like Simsy or or Tomo or, or, or Hewitt, Phillips, Finity would have stayed for as long as they did to help build that identity. So she's equally as an important person as Tommy Plummer, you know, Ken Priestley. Tony Hand, all of those. She's equally as important, as important, if not more. I think she's more important than those players, to be honest. She's done a lot for the club, and even when she moved back to Manchester, you know, with, with Tom helping out in, in the academy, even though it's, it is a devastating, heartbreaking situation, it's kind of fitting in a way that it would happen before a fixture between Sheffield and Manchester in Sheffield. And I think that's going to be, you know, just a moment of obviously emotion, but also happiness to celebrate a life of someone who did a lot for both clubs. And I think both fans will be raising the roof for that night. So it's easy. It's quite good in that way. I, I do like that the Steelers are doing uh, special warm up jerseys that they're going to, instead of the shirt off the back, they're going to do that as the shirt off the back and just going to raffle 24 off um, and make that donation to the family. Um I, I like that. I know that the, the Duncan Panthers' wives in the next game against the Steelers are going to do a bucket collection that will also be yeah. donated to the Thomas family. And I suspect that other clubs will do the same And it, because it's not been released. It's not saying they haven't. So I, it's like you said, Joe, you see 
you can always get the oh this x person's this and that but you see the depth of comment you see the depth of emotion from a number of people in the hockey world um and it, it just shows just what a person she were what a lovely human being she were and you know it's it's it's, a, it's just a sad loss yeah, it is. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's much more that we can add to that other than just reiterating that, um, you know, our land, obviously condolences passed on to, to Mark and, and their family. Um, obviously, a very, very hard time for them. Um, big up to them for going to the game as well on Saturday because God knows they're going through enough already. But, um, yeah, uh, there's not very much more you can add, to be fair. Um, we'll move on from that, unless anybody's got anything else to add, uh, we'll move to predictions and we, um, see what we think is going to happen over the weekend. Uh, and in fact, so I'll, I'll go, we'll go through the normal order. So Andy, Gref, Dave and me, uh, and we'll start it off fittingly. We'll start it off with the Steelers Manchester game on Saturday. Uh, obviously, Challenge Cup games. We'll go Challenge Cup games first, then we'll go to League games. I think Sheffield. I can't go against Manchester, so it has to be Manchester. You yeah. went against Manchester and they won. They, they won the day. Okay, <laughs> so, 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 that, so basically, what you're saying is that Sheffield's going to win. Just not saying it. Um, I'm, I'm going for Sheffield win. Just because Greth said Manchester are going to win, and he's he's already breaking his tradition of saying against Manchester, so they win. I'm going to say Sheffield. Um. <laughs> <laughs> get you one point again well we'll see <laughs> uh, then we've got Cardiff v Guildford in Cardiff 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 all hours for Cardiff there so let's hope <laughs> let's see if um, let's see if Guildford can break the trend and, uh, and put us all on the back foot again uh, Belfast Glasgow in Belfast 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 Full House again, Belfast. Can't you just tell who the top two were last year? <laughs> um, Coventry and Fife in Coventry. 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 Fife. And they go with Fife as well. Uh, then Dundee, Nottingham in Dundee. Nottingham. Uh, Nottingham 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 uh, So it's a commentary Fife and Dundee Nottingham are league fixtures The other three was Challenge Cup uh, So then we move on to the Sunday We've got Manchester versus Belfast In Manchester Belfast I'll go Belfast Belfast Full house for Belfast. Um, Cardiff, Glasgow. In Cardiff. 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 Full house for Cardiff. Uh, Fife, Nottingham in Fife. Tough one. I'm going to say Fife. Gonna say Nottingham. Nottingham. 
going to go with Nottingham as well. And then we've got Guildford Coventry in Guildford. 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 Full house for Guildford on that one. I'm going to say Guildford as well. So that brings us to the end of this, these predictions. Hopefully, uh, Dave and I are on one again this time next week. There's another fixture that you've missed out, Joe. Um, I mean, is you know what? Oh, I missed the Steelers one. Yeah, Dundee v Steelers. Is that a league game? Or yes. A cup game? It's a league game. Fair play. Don't know. I've not, I've not written that down. <laughs> Call yourself yeah. a true fan. Call yourself a true fan. <laughs> Start as we to go on, Joe. Exactly. And well, to be fair, we'll put this on before. We'll say this before we go to this one. Um, last week, I, I had a bit of a moment where I, I'd got flash scores on. <laughs> I was trying to find out the scores on Sunday, I think it was. And uh, I'd got Dundee 5 written down on my phone and I thought, oh, let's check to see if we got that one right or not. And I looked at Dundee 5 and I, and I saw Glasgow as one of the teams. And I, I turned around to Dave and said, Dave, we've, we've really messed up here. He said, what do you mean? I said, we, we've said a team that's not playing. I, said, we've, it, I can't remember if you said Dundee and Glasgow or 5 and Glasgow, but I was, um, either way, that's the one that we thought it was. We thought Glasgow was was in the mix. I was like, we've, we've said, we've said Dundee and Fife and it's Glasgow and like, for about five minutes, well, I quite, even to the point where I nearly convinced you, didn't I? and I looked again and went, oh, like, no, you're right. Yeah, and I was like, I checked again, I was like, oh, I got the date wrong. So, yeah, it starts me to go along. Uh, yeah, Dundee, Sheffield in, Dundee, what do we think? Dundee. I'll say Sheffield. I'm going to go Sheffield overtime. Right. What is your obsession? <laughs> Literally, the last three... The last three... Sunday game, Sheffield, you've got overtime. You know what happens, man? Um, I'm going to say Dundee. So I'm going to go with Andy. In overtime. Not in overtime. In regulation overtime or penalties. He's, he's first overtime. <laughs> really non-specific. Um, so we have a very pressing matter before we end. Now that we have actually finished the predictions, and I've not forgotten my own team, um, we have a very pressing matter which was raised on the last podcast. Some would say very randomly. Uh, I think it was. I think it was the pinnacle of episode forty-one. Eighty-five percent of our podcast is random. Well, this is true. We like to think that's what gives us a bit of charm. Not quite sure that's the way forward, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, know what what I, that's what I'm going with, and I'm sticking with it. I don't even know where the charm is. It's classy, isn't it? Very classy, yes. You're absolutely right. So, I can officially reveal that in terms of bangers and mash and pie and peas, it's a close one. Um... On Facebook, there was one vote in it. Oh, a Rissol whip. Once one vote in it for pie and peas, uh, and on Twitter, uh, it was an eighty-eight percent win for bangers and mash. So actually, overall, when you put the two together, it is a very, very, very narrow win for bangers and mash. Yes. So bangers, team bangers and mash, all the way. 
Um, never expected to ever hear say that, associate that with a hockey <laughs> podcast. Um, so this week's poll, as we have had the question raised by uh, Andy, Greff and Dave as, as one in relation to cake, we will see which cake you would rather take to a hockey game with you. I'm only saying to a hockey game, so it's vaguely <laughs> hockey related. Which cake would you rather see sold out of your hockey venue? Is it red velvet? What other cake are we throwing in a mix on? Oh, forgive me some cakes. Just we can only really go two. Victoria Sponge. Twitter Victor- or Facebook. Victoria Sponge. Victor- we just went plain Victoria. That's, that's quite boring, though. Right? Not a like chocolate cake or anything. No. Victoria Bat- Sponge. Battenberg. It's not really, uh, no. It is a cake, isn't it? It's literally, it's called Battenberg cake. You can't really say it's then Jaffa cake's called... Ah, can I open it? There we go. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? Big sorry, Sponge. If you listen to us, okay. this would have happened. Okay, there's two polls. We spun it out to two polls, and I'll put them on if I remember. It's a big if. So, the first poll, would you rather see Red Velvet... Or a Victoria sponge sold out of your <laughs> hockey venue. The second question, I'm not relating to hockey. I just want to see if the majority agree with me because my opinion is my opinion and you're not allowed to have a different one. <laughs> <laughs> is a Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? They're the two polls for you this week and I'm going to ask everybody their answers on both of those now on the, on the panel. What do we, we'll start with a red velvet or Victoria sponge. What do we think? Red velvet. Red velvet. Oh, Andrew, Andrew, going, going off. Um, and Andy's become the new Gref. Gref's the only one that says pie and peas last week, and now Andy's the only one that says Victoria sponge. Because I'm definitely going red velvet. Um, and then Jaffa cake, biscuit or cake. It's a cake. Biscuits. I'm going to say it's a biscuit. Biscuits. Andy, you have severely disappointed me with that answer. Oh, okay. it's, it's, oh wait, hold on. What, hold on. Wait, hold on. Rewind again. What did everybody say? So I think I might have just said that I've severely disappointed Andy said, with Andy my said cake. Me and Graf said biscuit. It's a cake. Biscuit. It's a cake. It's a biscuit. Thank you, Jeff. It's a cake. It is definitely it's, a cake. It's my opinion. Unless, unless you leave it out for a week and it goes stale, does it crunch when you bite into it? <laughs> you're suggesting that I'd leave something like a Jaffa cake out for a week without touching it? Well, you the, the, you're the suggesting Gref would do that? The, the, well, Gref struggles with biscuits and cakes because of his lack of teeth. Not when it's soft. Well, then... <laughs> okay, does it, does it crunch when you bite into it? <laughs> and oh, Simple question... Does a Jaffa cake crunch when you bite into it? It depends what topping you put on it. What topping you put yeah, on it? Yeah, that's the point, whether it's a strawberry one or a raspberry one. I mean, traditionally, Jaffa cakes are orange, but we don't with strawberry or raspberry. No, you could have them toppings now on, on the Jaffa cake. I don't, well, I don't... How have we got to discuss <laughs> Jaffa cakes? And it's, it's, if it's orange, if it's real orange bits, then that could be have a bit of crunch to it. No, it still doesn't crunch. I, honestly, I'm, leave, I'm leaving that one alone. That's the problem. <laughs> is, is a Jaffa cake, stop fishing, is a Jaffa cake a biscuit or a cake, and would you rather see a red velvet or a Victoria sponge sold out of your hockey venue? Uh, They're your questions for this week. 
Um, get in touch with us on Twitter to answer the polls, to ask us questions. We've not asked for the last few weeks for questions, so we know you've all likely got questions built up that you want to ask us. So fire away on social media. It's at MFZ Podcast on Twitter. It's my Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Um, I think, gents, unless Stafford, have you got a Stafford story for us or are you disappointingly empty again? Um, I have. I can tell a story if you want. Well, that depends what story it is. Is it, is it about Jaffa Cakes and Biscuits? Or is it? But it's a good story. It's a funny is it, story. Is it a hockey story? It is a hockey story. Okay, so wonders for everybody. We will end episode 42 with a Stafford story. Staff, kick us off. Right, okay. Uh, this week I thought I'd talk about pranks. And then I'm going to explain a few of mine I've been involved in in the uh, Academy in Sheffield. And I'm, I'm going to throw it out to you guys. See if you've got any memorable pranks that you've done or a teammate's done. See how it goes from there. Right, okay. So, a few times before we've uh, been in the locker room after, you know, a, a training session and um, you know how the locker rooms in, in Sheffield have those like, like office-style uh, ceilings with the plastic boards, plastic tiles that you can, you know, shaft. You know, yeah. Yeah. We once hid some of our teammates' clothes in there. That literally just pushed the, the panel up and just hid clothes in there. Then she put it down again. And it was like one person literally just ran out, out completely stark as trying to find where his clothes are because he thought he was in one of the other changing rooms. So literally going around, almost around the whole of our Sheffield, in absolutely nothing trying to find his clothes. Brilliant. That's, that's one prank we've done. Is there any pranks that you've, you guys have done or, or, or witnessed? I've been the victim of one. <laughs> <laughs> does it involve mustard? It does. So, <laughs> so, so to backtrack, uh, um, as many people know, we've mentioned this podcast that we are involved in the, the All-Star Weekend and I'm, I'm one of the main runners. And on Sunday, I'm renowned for... That is the only time Dave's ever been classed as a main runner. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not wrong. Uh, I, I fall asleep. I, it's been known to stand up in the middle of a nightclub or I to I just fall asleep. Or this a podcast. One, or a podcast, but that's because the conversation's done and dusted. Um, and this one time, a friend of mine who shall not shall remain nameless. Um, for Let's now, call him Roger for uh, anonymity reasons. Anonymity. Uh, when I fell asleep, decided to put mustard underneath my nose. Um which became the running joke for Neon 7, 8, 9 months until the next All-Stars. Now, as it turned out, one of the other teams, one of the guys, Blade, had been taken off and, and went AWOL. So we, I'm, I'm coming to the locker room, get changed, and I'm, oh, I can't believe this happened, and I'm going back and forth. And next thing, everyone's like, looking at me like a bit pretty funny, like, what, what's the other bag about messing with equipment? So I put my hand in my blocker as a goalie to find sachets of mustard. Sachets of mustard, not just in the blocker, not just in the catcher, in the skates. Thankfully, it didn't burst in all my clothing. To the point where I'd skate on, go to the net, and you'd probably find five, six, seven sachets of mustard each and every game. And bearing in mind that the referees would clear them up afterwards because – I'll go back to them in a minute – every time most mustard put in the, in the gear. The referees actually asked us, was it a lucky charm? Was it some form of lucky thing that our team got out of – the goalie having mustard or sachets of mustard. Um, 
all on the equipment. Uh, so that's one of the ones that have been done to me. And I've, I got for my 30th uh, a tub of French mustard from, uh, I'll name him from Matt Gilday, a friend, a friend of ours in the podcast. It's still wrapped up. It's still in the cupboard. I've not untouched that uh, present. I will have no intention of using, but uh, can't get rid of a traditional present. You don't mess with tradition. This is true. Ref, any pranks? Not that I probably for podcast. <laughs> There's many pranks that can never be spoken about on the podcast. I'm trying to think now. I'm racking my brains. Other than tripping Greth up on a on a hockey rink and getting it on a GoPro, um, wasn't wasn't necessarily a prank, but it's hilarious. Um, I don't know. I don't. That's not that I can think of. I think we need people listening to send us in their best pranks that could be repeated on the podcast. Oh, good show. That is a good shout. So again, at MSN Podcast on Twitter, my fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Let us know if you've got any good pranks, if you've heard of any good pranks, um, if there's any good pranks that you think we should pull on each other. Let us know. And uh, yeah, I think unless anybody's got any other any other pranks to, to add, I think we will end on that Stafford story. I'm loving this new segment, Andy. You're gonna have to keep this going, mate. I do my best. It's got to be done now. Um, but yeah, no, for the time being then, I think if, ever, if nobody's got anything else to add, we are pretty much done. I think episode 42 in the bag. Uh, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Well done for staying awake. Thank you for keeping me awake, all three of you. Good, uh, thank you, Graf, Andy, and to all those listening. Um, if you've survived to the end, then congratulations. Uh, my, my dad actually wanted me to point out to you as well that he actually he stayed until the end last episode because you said the same thing last time congratulations if you made it to the end and my dad was like tell Dave that I made it to the end I thought Sam will do so there you go dad little shout out for you there you made it to the end of last episode see if you make it to this point on this one Mark I'm so proud of you I, I understand if people have switched off by this point at the utter disgust that Gref and Dave said that a Jaffa cake is a biscuit that is I'm just baffled Again, we just, we just respect our opinions. No. No, because my opinion is right and you can't have another opinion. So right, you're getting blocked. Does that matter? Think, That's think it. Block. about... Get think the block hammer. Think about the children that are getting mixed messages from you right now telling them that a Jaffa cake is a, is a biscuit. There's less sugar in a biscuit than a cake, so it's healthy for them to be a biscuit. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Griff, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Dave. Thank you to Stafford. And also to anyone that's listening to this, either in the morning, noon, or night. Well, it's, become, it's become like a Truman show, hasn't it? Good morning, <laughs> and if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, <laughs> it's, oh, it's literally become that point. Uh, and Andy, thank you very much, sir. You are... Um, you are now my my Jaffa cake partner in uh, arguing that it is. It is he cake. picks Victoria sponge or red velvet. That's that that's a different argument. He, he's entitled to his cake opinion. There's just no leverage on this on this Jaffa cake question. <sighs> oh dear. So ice hockey. <laughs> <laughs> no, Andy. Thank you very much, sir. A pleasure as always. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for everyone listening. I might throw another cake out there. If Victoria Sponge is bored, I've got another one. Lemon drizzle. I just—I don't even know where you're going with lemon drizzle. 
Avengers or, or Red Velvet? Both. Oh. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We'll do Red Velvet versus versus Victoria Sponge, and then next week we'll do Lemon Drizzle versus the winner. How's that? Yeah, sounds good. It's, it there you like, go. It sounds like the playoffs of the IPL. <laughs> it does. It's good, isn't it? We're now going to develop the the cake bracket challenge in that within this podcast. So you definitely can't say we don't have content. Um, but, yeah. but no. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you, uh, Gref, Dave and Andy. And if you've made it to this point, I will reiterate what they said. Congratulations, because God knows what we're talking about right now. Um, and yeah, a Jaffa cake is a cake. Thank you very much. I think I'm fair. <laughs>